0: Hi, and welcome to episode 16, Property Mastermind Podcast with Hilary Saxton. This week, again, we have the amazing Bob Anderson talking about, is now a good time to get into property development? In this episode, we're going to talk about that. Is it a good time right now? When are the bad times to get involved in property development? And also, uh, where Bob sees things moving in the future from where we currently are in the property market. So episode 16, let's jump in, talking to Bob Anderson. Hey, Bob. Episode 16, welcome aboard yet again. And we're going to be talking about is now a good time to get into property development. Uh, but anyway, thanks for coming.
1: Thanks for being invited again. <laughs> You're looking exceptionally attractive today.
0: Oh, thanks, Bob. I've got my sparkly top on. Oh, I've had a haircut, maybe.
1: Oh, haircut. Maybe
0: it's the haircut. I was
1: looking at some videos the other day that you shot last year.
0: When I had long hair.
1: You had long hair and I've forgotten. Oh, I got a shock for a moment. Yeah, that's right.
0: very long hair. You did. Almost down to my waist. Just decided to go move to the beach and swim more often and cut it all off short. Yeah. Loving it though. Anyway, hey, remember each week we give away uh, either a coaching session or a book. And this week giving away another book. Property Millionaires Exposed, Bob writes one of the chapters on here, many different ways to uh, make money out of property, whether it's renovating, investing, everyone's got their own version on why they think theirs is, is the option. So if you would like to want a copy of this, remember to give us a fabulous comment on our YouTube channel, Property Mastermind YouTube, or even a review, a, a great review under Apple or I don't think Spotify you can, but and anyway, you'll go into the draw to win this. This week's book goes to Michelle Figueroa. Hopefully I said that right, Michelle. So congratulations. This uh, I'll reach out for you for your address, and this will go in the post to you.
1: Great. Congratulations, Michelle.
0: So anyway, let's talk about it. Wow. is now a good time. Oh, before we do, yep. uh, for those that haven't listened to the podcast before – uh, and this is episode 16, Boggs, ex- experiences: experience is 38 years as a property developer, 15 years in the educating people about being property development, so about how to do property development. So he holds a huge level of knowledge and constantly, he doesn't just develop in the state where we live. He's cor- constantly developing with mentoring students in every state and um, he's building a retirement village himself and he's assisting me building a, something over in Western Australia and India products. So Bob has a huge amount of knowledge. So do trust what he says. I do refer to him as Google when it comes to property. Only co- property though. All righty. So Bob. Not cooking. No, gosh, no.
1: Not the Google of cooking. No way. <laughs>
0: All right. Is now a good time to get into property development?
1: I believe so. And I, I, I suppose I could make the comment because I've, I've often heard you say, you know, when's the best time to plant a tree? Mm. And, and the as well, now, or the best better time is 20 years ago. So I guess, you know, I could use that as well and say, well, is good time now to get into property development? The answer is yes. A better time might have been five years ago. A better time might have been 10 years. A better time
0: mm-hmm. might have
1: been 38 years ago. It
0: could have been a great time. But you any- might
1: have only been one or two years old, so, you know, yeah. probably wouldn't have worked.
0: And there was a bit of bumbling then. There was no education that you were...
1: <laughs> no, no. You know, no, A bit I of did. learning. Yeah, I did I did. I flew by the seat of my pants for a while and learnt the hard way, trial and error, but beautiful. These days you don't have to do that.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, so a good time for property development. Look, um, I think I might open the conversation by saying...
0: Conversation opener?
1: It's a conversation.
0: Yes. What might you say?
1: I spoke to a couple of people recently about property development and they were thinking, well, you know, should I get involved or what? And they said, you know what, the property market's been travelling so well in the last, you know, six, eight or nine months. I don't really need to develop property. I'm I'm making such good money just waking up alive in the morning, uh, having made money overnight because my property's going up. They forget that as developers, we get that growth. But we create more growth in our development. So it's not like it's one or the other. As developers, we develop property, we develop it at raw cost.
0: I think that's something that people do forget. You are creating property at raw cost. You're not paying retail.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolute raw cost. And then if properties go up during the period of time, you know, let's say from the time we buy our development site, it's a while before we get to build it. Got to get uh, finance organized. We have to acquire it. Uh, we have to get development permit. We have to get a building permit or a construction certificate, organize a builder. Then we can start to build it. And time goes on. So if the property market's risen, all it means is we make more profit later than we thought we were going to do at the beginning.
0: Mm.
1: And that can happen during the course of construction as well. Unless we sell everything off the plan at the beginning. If we don't do that and we sell plenty, you know, along the way or at the end, then, then we get, we get the growth, but we get the profit. And uh, that can work in our favour.
0: So if somebody's thinking, is now a good time to get into property development, what you're saying is don't sort of run with that thought of you've missed the boat because the boat is constantly sailing and you can get it on and off all the time.
1: My boat's been sailing since 1982 or whenever, 83, whenever it was, uh, and continues to sail. And I've developed through all markets mm. in all states uh, since, since that period of time. And, you know, I've had some highs and some lows in the property market. You know, there's been uh, recessions and stock market crashes and all sorts of things happen. But you can make money, and I've proved it consistently, by being involved in property development.
0: It's not like like investing, I suppose, if you're just buying and holding. There's those growth times because you're waiting for the market to move. Whereas property development, because you're developing at raw cost, you just get that initial growth as well.
1: Yeah, and that's why you love it too. That's why you're (laughs) into it. Finally, you know, converted, Hillary.
0: Yeah, from the Queen Reno lady.
1: Oh, yeah. But, but, I mean, you used to do small developments in New Zealand as well, but uh, across the ditch over here, you're into it. Why wouldn't you be? So, um, yeah, look, if a property development stacks up, what I mean by that is if the numbers work, then you do it. And at the moment, look, I'll I'll freely admit it's a little bit harder to get things to stack up because property prices have risen Mm. a fair bit And particularly in the housing sector. Yeah. Less so in the townhouse and apartment sector, although I see a catch up coming. Yes. Uh, so as a result, you have to look really carefully that you don't pay too much for a site. And we've talked about that before. And, and some people are saying, well, look, I'm expecting growth to keep happening even in, you know, if you're developing townhouses. So look, if it doesn't quite get the margin I want now, by the time I get there in 12 or 18 months when I'm selling them, whatever, I'm expecting the market to go and, you know, if that's the way you want to run. A lot of people are running that way at the moment. That's yeah. that's up to them. You've got to understand that markets can change.
0: Mm-hmm. Well,
1: I'm not expecting a big change, uh, certainly well, what, not what a negative you, change. You were soon.
0: saying what was the ANZ predicting?
1: Yeah, so, so banks periodically put out forecasts
0: mm-hmm.
1: which they regularly change. I mean, we saw some ripper forecasts during COVID during 2020, didn't we, from some of the banks that were bank, – banks run off uh, fear and greed. Mm. When I say banks, I mean finances generally. I mean that's their two emotions. I might be a little bit simple when I say that, but um really that's how it works and you know, with the, the average co-
0: marketer listening would go, Yep, there you With
1: get it. the COVID when it came out, yeah, you know, there's a lot of fear and we heard some pretty crazy predictions about what could happen to the property market, you know, downwards.
0: It was interesting though then, Bob. Remember, you went live on Facebook and said exactly what you thought would happen and you were bang on. You said, this is what I see happening. I'd, we should repost that because yeah. there was a lot of people going live and saying stuff and even what the banks had said and they all got it wrong. And I was pretty impressed. You sort of stood up there and said what you thought, which was pretty, uh, I don't know, yeah, uh, pretty, good on
1: you. Plenty, plenty of people got it wrong, mm. but I've seen, I've seen a lot worse times than that. Yes. and and so like for me it was like a people on a pumpkin
0: but what so we were talking about what the banks did say yeah, you were, yeah what have they what was been oh, their I latest mean, prediction
1: well in recent times we've seen like the nab come out and they're, they're a lot more bullish well why wouldn't you be yeah mm-hmm. so ANZ, let's let's choose ANZ, they they released uh, what they saw as a property report a few months ago mm-hmm. so they were saying well second half of uh 2021 they expect things to slow down a bit and, and that's a reasonable forecast because they were so hot during the first half of the 2021, it can't keep going up at that that sort of a rate.
0: So it has happened. It's slowing. Yeah, it's already, it's it's already um, yep.
1: some of the heat coming out of the market as well. Yep. I mean, the home builder program is completed, so we're seeing a winding down of uh, building approvals in the market. Generally, growth has slowed down. We see the stats. I mean, we study the stats. We put out a market report every month, you know. And then, so that doesn't mean it's going negative anytime soon, but- it's slowing down. So, yeah, said, said, look, slowing down in the second half of 2021, they suggested a moderate growth in 2022 of about 5%, and they've also said we could see some correction, some price drop in 2023, maybe up to
0: 5%. When we walked the dog last night, we talked about this, so you elaborate on that one, Bob.
1: Yeah. I mean, the further out you try and predict, the harder it is. Yeah. You know, if you're trying to predict the second half of this year, not too bad. Next year gets a little bit harder, year after gets a bit harder. And, you know, when you think about what's happened recently, I'll call it post-COVID, even though that's sort of still happening and we've still got lockdowns, traditionally what's driven the Australian property market has been population growth. I mean, there's other drivers, but that's been the primary, Mm. you know, mover Mm. of property in Australia. And And
0: there's and there's not many immigrants coming here at the moment.
1: No, well, population growth, you know, traditionally has consisted of about 70% international migration, about 40% natural population mm. growth. So natural population growth is pretty simple. It's number being born versus the number that died, that's population growth. And
0: there will be a boom. It's going to be like the uh, the COVID babies. There's plenty of them.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I did predict that a year ago that everybody's stuck at home with um, you know, not being able to leave home. We might have a baby boom. It did seem to happen. In fact, births dropped off a little bit, but now they've picked up a lot. So be that as it may, but what I'm saying is that population growth has been the big driver. Sixty percent of population growth has been overseas migration.
0: Yeah.
1: Yet there hasn't been any overseas migration. So
0: that's got to play we've had up. a
1: property boom.
0: Y- oh, yes. Crikey. So the property
1: boom has been based on, lo- you could say local or not so much population increase. There has been some. But there's other reasons that we've talked about. The whole euphoria of sort of coming out of it late last year, the FOMO, you know, lots lots of reasons. Mm. The rush for seaside, rush for, for rural. But um, I mean, every market's virtually gone up. My question is this. When people have been projecting forward a year or two years, I haven't seen anybody talking about the possibility of overseas migration returning. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, Australia does need overseas migration. It's too small a country. It's too small an economy. We don't have enough skilled workers. And so traditionally, that's what we've been doing. We've been bringing in skills from overseas. Mm. Uh, We've had a lot of overseas students as well, but they're not really purchasers of property generally unless they stay on. So all this has happened with zero, virtually zero overseas migration. Wow. What's going to happen when we start to open the gates again? Mm. You know, with... Um,
0: if you think about it, it's going to be quite a popular spot too because of how we're surrounded by water. Um, yeah. it, it'd be a place that people will want to come and live. They will feel safer moving here.
1: Absolutely, and that's a big thing. They liked coming here previously, and now Australia and New Zealand too have shown themselves to be one of the safest places on earth. And uh, I, I don't doubt there'd be even more people wanting to come to Australia, not just to better themselves, to get work, uh, but because it is so safe. And the government may even have to, like, filter or put a bit of a hold and control. I mean, they do control overseas migration to a fair extent anyway in terms of numbers. But I feel like there's going to be a real push. And what would that do to the market? Let's just say, pick the ANZ, oh, I shouldn't pick on the poor old ANZ, but, you know, they're talking about perhaps the market drifting back a bit in 2023, but that could coincide easily with With overseas migration opening up again. So will that produce another push? Food for thought. Food for thought. There we go then. Is
0: now a good time to get into property development?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I find it is. You know, one of the things I love about property development is as a developer, like you mentioned before, we create property at absolute raw cost. That gives us a buffer. Quick example. Let's say we're producing a $600,000 townhouse for $500,000. We've got a $500,000 buffer as a developer. If a retail investor buys a six hundred thousand dollar property at six hundred thousand dollars, they start off with no buffer. And so, let's just say the market drifted back five percent. Let's say it happened overnight, which it never does. But let's say you woke up tomorrow it's morning, worst case scenario, and property from the front of the uh, all the newspapers, properties dropped five percent overnight. Bad luck. Somebody who bought a five hundred a six hundred thousand dollar property and it dropped five percent overnight would be worth five hundred and seventy. But as developers, we're creating that for mm. 500000 So even after that happens, we've still got a $70,000 buffer. And so, yes, markets can go backwards, mm. and we've seen that happen periodically. But as developers, we start off with that buffer. I mean, I've had – I can think over the years I've had projects where let's say I was expecting to make $90,000 profit per apartment, might have been an apartment project. The market's gone soft. And instead of making $90,000 profit, I've ended up making, you know, sixty or $55,000 mm.
0: profit. So, Bob, like – That's a a question I love because I love to ask questions because only people are interested in in somebody's journey. So have you ever been in property development when you thought, oh, this is not a good time to be a property developer?
1: No, no. I've been in development, as I said, continuously for 38 years. Mm. And so there has been times when the market's pulled back. And that's those times when I've made less profit than I thought I was going to make. But see, we start off with such a big buffer. Mm. Do you think property is going to suddenly drop 20% and I'm going to lose all my profit? No. Uh, But it might come back, and that's what happens. But more times than not, the opposite's happened. Mm. Remember, property goes up more than it goes down. Mm. That's why we have growth. It goes up for a longer period of time than it goes down, and it goes up for more dollars than it ever comes back. And so as a result, if you've been developing continuously like I have, there's a lot more occasions where I've gone into a project, done my numbers at the beginning, and I've ended up making more profit at the other end because property's gone up. That's happened a lot more often. when the market's gone a bit soft during my development and i've sold it for less and made less profit
0: Mm. and i think something that people should know about you bob is when it comes to Uh, due diligence and numbers you're very you are very accurate like you're very you you know your numbers you you never wing anything you're quite particular and you know your your level of risk what your percentage is going to be so on the odd occasion you talk to somebody and they say they had a project and they didn't make money it's generally not because of the market it's generally human error isn't it and that would be on like feasibilities or due diligence they've done they have done something wrong and that is why they didn't make the profit it's not because Of the market, would you agree with that?
1: Most cases, that's true. Yeah,
0: excluding places like Perth or where they've had yeah,
1: yeah, like like Perth um, back in fourteen. Yes, it had a major correct when we say a correction. You know, Perth was running hot for a while there. The average value of a property in Perth was higher than in Sydney. Whoa! Yeah, Uh, but you have to remember. Uh, a market like perth's very driven by mining. Yes. So if it's going to have a correction it's going to it can be a severe one if it's on a really hot market like like perth was uh 2000 you know 2012 13 14 mm. and the mining is affected then it's going to have a massive effect. And that's what happened. It was more like playing commodities probably in those days waiting to see what was going to happen with mining and that happened, you know. And you got darwin as well that had some big corrections but darwin is is the population is a like a suburb in Sydney, like it's, mm. I know it's a capital city or of the territory, but it is very small population. So, never been. Yeah. Maybe we should go there. Don't go in summer.
0: <laughs> no, I've heard, I've heard it's not the place to be in summer. <laughs> no,
1: no. Yeah. And so, yeah, look, I, over my, my life, I've developed in times when there's, you know, prices have, have dropped back and more often prices have gone up. So, so you win in the long run. Mm. But, yeah, but where people go wrong is often they get their numbers wrong. It's it's back to you know that's one of the things I love about property development is that it is numbers. It's mm. based on numbers. It works or dies on numbers.
0: Mm. You're very number. If you're, if you're number orientated, this oh, yeah. is your game. Bob yeah, loves numbers. <laughs> yes. oh,
1: yeah, yeah. I do. I do like numbers.
0: You're clear. Like in your head, oh, you can calculate
1: stuff. I guess it's not so much that I love numbers. It's that I I like analytics. I, I like some. I like something solid behind something. I like a like a formula. Now, property development's not a formula that as such, but it's it's the results of analysis. It's mm. something that if you do it right and the numbers stack, then that's that's mm. right. Yeah. I, I just I'm an analytical sort of person and therefore I, I sort of lean towards numbers. I don't lean like emotion. Like you don't let emotion drive you when you're buying a development site.
0: And which is the whole FOMO thing right now. No, don't don't get caught up in that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So what about the – what are other reasons that now is a good – well, actually, now is a good time to get into property. Mm. We had a phone call from somebody – Last week who talked to you. We have a lot of people call up about the courses, the property mastermind online course and the workshops and what we have to offer as products. But this guy uh, rang and spoke to Bob and he'd actually talked to him five years ago. And that was Uh. just this week. And he said, I am kicking myself, (laughs) not just because what he could be doing now, but what, you know, what he's missed out on, you know, he's living in reflection. We did ask if we could share the story because we said that we were no going names. to be. Yeah, no names. But we were going to be having a podcast around is, is now a good time. So could we share the story? And he was like, yes, totally. You have to share the story. He was kicking himself. Mm. What did you get from that phone call, Bob?
1: Well, the phone call was that I met this fellow about five five years ago and he was he, he was keen to get into property development. But what happened, he was sort of sidelined. I think he took a bit of advice from the wrong people. Mm. And look, it could have been relatives, friends, you know, people that mean well. Uh, they said, oh, you know, that sort of thing, that's pretty risky property development, you know, people lose money and you've got to be careful. And anyway, whatever it is, a bit of fear got the better of him mm. and, he, and he backed out and he didn't do anything. And a couple of times he sort of made the nudge or maybe it was taking him five years to realise had he actually just overcome his fear or not listened to the wrong people probably and done something. He would be so much better off. He would, and he had the financial capacity to do mm. a, a four townhouse project. So in that five years, he could have easily been in and out of two projects. I mean, mm. even cruising. And he's, and he's, he, he could have made at least a million dollars out of that because I know where he lives. Uh, and that's even without price growth. I mean, he probably, yeah, 1.2 million, quite realistically, he hasn't made because he did nothing.
0: And, it's just and he a, could have e- done it. And he's an everyday person as well. Like he could everyday. have
1: done it. Well, yeah. Most of our students are everyday people, mm. and, uh, but they make the decision to do it. Mm. He made the decision and then got talked out of it. Probably a bit of self-fear, a bit of wrong information from people around him didn't, and now he's kicking himself. But the point is, it's not too late.
0: No, no. It's never too late.
1: Not with property development, because mm. if you do it correctly, you can make quite a lot of money in a short amount of time. Mm. And you can't do that with a job. no. That's the thing, you know, if you...
0: You did say if you do it correctly.
1: That's pretty critical. Don't (laughs) do it badly. You don't want to do it badly. No, but I mean, we've got plenty of examples in our community of people who have been through some bad luck, some bad times, Mm. you know, maybe a divorce where they've lost a substantial amount of their their wealth,
0: Mm. Uh,
1: a bad business decision could have cost them their house. We see things, even health. But the beautiful thing is that you can make a recovery fairly quickly with property development done properly. So... Four-pack, make half a million out of a four-pack in in two years, let's say. Well, how long does it take you to earn? Half a million. And and don't forget, people can do this while they still have a day job. Mm. So it's on the top of. Mm. And that's how you can recover. I mean, if you're trying to recover, you you know, from a divorce in your 50s, you might only have 10 or 15 years' work left. Like, how do you recover a lifetime, half a lifetime? Well, you can. Probably two or three projects and and you're done, Mm. you know, so – I keep carrying on about property development. I can't help it. What do you think I'm still doing <laughs> it after 38 years?
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, and somebody else we spoke to this week, they were just that exact same thing, thinking of just wanting to make that quick wealth growth or, you know, a faster wealth growth because just of age as well, Yeah, huh. you know, where they were at. So the whole yep. I need to make that back again, make the loss back.
1: <laughs> you tend not to think about retirement too much when you're young. Mm. You're, t- you're too busy having fun for, for a while, then you're too busy having kids. And then later on sort of dawns on – but but it, often it doesn't dawn on people to maybe, you know, over 50, and they think, oh. Crikey. Crikey. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that far away. I don't want to work till I'm 80. And and a lot of people don't have the nest egg that they thought they might have when they were younger by mm. the time they get there. or well, they just didn't think about it for a lot of years. Well, that, once again, like you said, age, you can make up for a lot of lost time mm. with something like property development. You know, if you haven't got a lot of years to go, mm. well, could be the way to go. It often has been for people.
0: So with now being a good time bulb, how do people get in, apart from obviously, Becoming Educated, www.propertymastermind.com.au. We've got a great online course and we have great uh, some other great programs available. But I think the other problem right now, that bottleneck that we are dealing with is stock. Mm. We hadn't decided we were going to talk about this, but I'm throwing it at you. Oh,
1: thanks. Love a good curly one from the sideline.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So stock is a bit of an issue at the moment. And I know you just recorded the monthly market update for our community, which is where you actually summarise rentals, property increases every month. So Bob's well over the figures on so many things Mm. um, because he does a a full 30 minute presentation. So where do you see that heading? Where do you see the the supply issue? Well,
1: in terms of the end product that we create as developers Mm. nationally, and and it's going to vary from suburb to suburb, but nationally we're still in under supply. So so we need the supply line. uh, That's fine. But, if you take it right back to the beginning of development, it is a bit tough at the moment uh, finding sites that that stack up mm. n- and numerically. You know that where the feasibility works, and that's because of the rapid price growth in houses. And, and what's happened in some cases is properties are now worth more than a house than they are as a development site. Yes. So they it, they could be a house on a parcel of land that you could do for townhouses on. Maybe two years ago. Maybe the house value and the value as a development site were fairly equal, so you just buy it. But now that house value's gone up more, and the townhouse values haven't gone up as much. Therefore, the land for a townhouse development has gone up much, and now you've got this—you can have a disparity.
0: Can with, I use the word? Is there a yet going on there? Is there that the that townhouse value hasn't gone up yet because uh, well, will that pay catch up? Well,
1: I think it has to pay some level of catch up. Yeah, and because you know, there's always it's a bit like um. You know, water in a in, in a tube. You know, it finds its own level. Mm-hmm. And I think that in any one suburb, there'll be a price difference. Let's say, by way of example, between let's say a new three bedroom house and a new three bedroom townhouse. Mm-hmm. And, and we could relate that then to apartments. You know, in any one area, it'll, it'll find its level. Now we've seen a, a push on housing for for the reasons that we know, a lot of government stimulus, but but it really only worked mostly in the housing sector. Mm. So that's driven the price of houses up. I think there's going to be catch-up townhouses and apartments so that it gets back to that level.
0: Will it go in that order as well, probably oh. townhouses then apartments or not, not I really? Don't, I
1: don't know. I mean, townhouses are sort of more sub- suburban. Mm. Apartments are often closer into this the CBD. City. It's a bit yeah. of a location thing as well.
0: So like, I know that around that does mean that some councils might change some of their planning schemes to change, you know, so there's more opportunity to put the likes of duplexes or, you know, we're currently then they're only zoned Mm. for single house dwellings. Do you see a bit more of that happening? Yeah. Well,
1: we've seen that around where we live, uh, where previously you could do a duplex, you needed an 800 metre lot. I'm just talking about uh, normal residential zoning. I'm not talking about townhouse or apartment zoning. So typically if you had an 800 metre lot in certain areas, you could do a duplex, no mm. drama. They've lowered that down, uh, right down to like 500 mm. metres uh, with other provisions around it, like you can't do two side by side and that sort of thing, uh, two developments side by side. But So we've seen that and there's a lot of push. This is a totally different subject, I guess, but the push isn't as great now because we don't have in, uh, overseas migration, but, but that'll come back. And so the state government's realise that uh, we've got it and they they have forward projections 20 and 30 years on projected population and where are people going to live and what sort of services and infrastructure do we have Mm. and the state governments tend to put a bit of pressure on the local governments the councils and so the pressure is more to up density than lower density now we know occasionally you might see a council drop a density backwards but it's rare nearly always density goes upwards
0: isn't that like noosa don't they do that
1: Ah, yeah. Well, some councils are a bit more green than others and, and might be a little (laughs) bit bit,
0: harsh, I think. A little
1: bit anti-development and therefore less so, you know. But the pressure generally comes from state to local and it is to increase densities Mm. and to make better use of existing infrastructure. Mm. That's what we, that's why we often do infill development Mm. where we start off with one house and that might end up becoming a house plus two townhouses or the house goes and three or four townhouses you know, that upping in density, making more use of the facilities that are there. And that means, you know, if you replace a house with, say, three townhouses, well, you're using the same streets, the same sewer and water and stormwater services, the same electricity, the same gas lines.
0: When you think about this stuff, it's just so it's obvious, but it's not until you point it out like that, Bob, Uh that people might think, oh, yeah, I never thought of that.
1: Yeah, you're making better use of the existing Mm. infrastructure. And and even things like schools, Mm. same thing. Three townhouses where there is formerly a house. Perhaps the old house that got locked down was owned by an older couple, no longer have children, and then perhaps three younger families by the townhouse, and next thing there could be six, you know, four or five children there, and they go to the local school. Mm. That's why we've seen some areas where the schools sort of kept dropping numbers of students down, and then it got regenerified, that area. Mm. And a lot of, you know, townhouses and younger families come in, that sort of thing, more children. And now those schools have built up again. You know, they went from maybe 800 students down to like 450 or 500. Now they're up to 1100
0: mm. in
1: those areas that are redeveloped. That's that's an example of making better, better use of infrastructure. Mm. Anyway, getting off subject a little bit.
0: Yeah, I know, but it's very interesting stuff. I could yeah. talk, well, we do talk for hours on property, but that's uh, just, you know, that's actually so interesting. So, should we, Is it time to wind it up?
1: It's your podcast. You I tell do, me. No, I'll know. talk all day. You keep talking to me about property, I'll keep talking.
0: Well, I think. The answer to the question is now a good time to get into property development. And I, the reason I chose the name of this topic was uh, just that, that query that people have like, oh, the property's gone up so much. And just to ha- have that realisation that, you know, we're, we're creating it at real cost. Yeah, there's a lot more behind it if you think about it. Mm. Um, and we have a great education programme, obviously. Uh, so, so, you know, if you want to learn how, uh, check us out, propertymastermind.com.au. Bob's been teaching for 15 years. But also... Just, yeah, to cover off some of the, the questions or just the, some of the reasons why, like the, you know, the migration and just what you said, infrastructure and council changes and all the things that, and people calling saying, I wish I did do it when I, when I uh, talked to you about it five mm, yeah. years ago. And so anything in summary, Bob?
1: Anything in summary is that virtually any time is a good time. Yes. And, and a lot of that's because as developers, we do have a, a big buffer in our development. So even mm. if the market, you know, turns a little bit, We got two choices there. We we can take less profit out of our development, or we can hold it, or hold some of it until the market improves. Mm. That's what I've done on different occasions. Sometimes I'd be prepared, okay, instead of making a hundred thousand, I'll make uh, you know sixty thousand because the market dropped forty during my development. More often than not, it goes up forty, not rather than drop forty, but that's okay. And on some occasions, I've held property. Mm. Uh, you know, until the market improves. So
0: That's a story for 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 another podcast. I know that one you're talking about, one that you held for a while. Mm. It was hard work to hold, but you did. So, yeah, we'll save that for another day. Yeah. You've got so many good stories after 38 years.
1: Been around a while. Yeah, been around (laughs) a
0: while. Okay. Well, thanks so much for sharing, Bob. Uh, I think that's very enlightening and just giving people a new way to look at things, perhaps, that you hadn't considered. As I said, Michelle Figueroa won our book this week. If you'd like to be in the draw to win it, uh, Give us a favorable comment on YouTube. You can see us yeah, on YouTube. If you want to see me Subscribe fully exposed. No <laughs> That's it. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, just <laughs> don't get that mixed up. It says so. Oh, right.
1: Exposed. Oh. And right. I'm there. That's yeah, me.
0: Bob fully exposed in there this. There you go. Book. And we will catch you next week. So like, follow, share, do all those things. Okay. Catch you soon. Bye now. Bye.